Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the Fun Guys Boardroom. Today, we'll be going over the book, The Autobiography of Malcolm X by Alex Haley. I'm here with my co-host, Noah Castro. Hello. And Rhino. Hey, what's up? So, in today's podcast, we will be giving you guys a fat sentence, giving us a short summary of of the text, naming three little devices, and how you can find them in the text, and what our favorite part was. I'll go first with the fat sentence. In the book by Alex Haley, The Autobiography of Malcolm X, the author explains his life through the eyes of, of the American minister himself and the hardships that he went through. Noah, can you go with the summary? To sum up the book, the autobiography of Malcolm X is an enlightenment of information about civil rights activist and American minister Malcolm X Little. The autobiography goes over how Malcolm overcomes his adverse childhood, being a troublesome kid in school, to a railroad worker, to a hustler, to a prisoner, and eventually an Islamic civil rights activist and minister. Malcolm X gets his name from being a disciple of the leader, the Nation of Islam, founded by Elijah Muhammad. Little gets his ideas and thoughts through the religious belief of Islam. Even though this book is north of 200 pages, in my opinion, it kept me hooked, wondering what unfolds next in Malcolm X's life. Now the book is summed up. Ryan, take it away with your main idea. Okay, but before I start with my main idea, we must know the definition of symbolism. Symbolism is the use of symbols to represent ideas or qualities. In the story, there were four things that were heavily repeated and symbolized. The conch, the watch, a pair of eyeglasses, and a suitcase. The conch, which was a popular hairstyle back then, where you would slick back and straighten thick hair. This was popular with the black community, where they would try to look more like the white community. The fact that they would just be part of their appearance and themselves shows how much they wanted to fit and appeal to the white people. A quote from the passage was, I couldn't get over at how their hair was straight and shiny like white men's hair. Ella told me this was a conch. This symbolizes a display of unnecessary change of copying white men's Now, the watch, along with the suitcase and pair of eyeglasses, were items that Malcolm bought once he was released jail from jail. These items symbolize a new and fresh start. The watch represents Markham, Malcolm's hard work once he becomes aware of his day-to-day life and sets priorities straight. He said, I had come to prison with 2020 vision, but when I got sent back to Charlestown, I had read so much by the lights out glow in my room at the Norfolk prison colony that I had astigmatism and the first pair of eyeglasses that I've worn ever since. My main idea was narrative structure. The narrative structure is how the author works in the text, how the author structures the text. Doing a little bit of outside research, I figured out that this this book was actually a set of interviews from the span of from the span <clears throat> for, for a three year span up to Malcolm X's assassination. When Malcolm is talking to Alex Haley, you will know that he is speaking about his life. You you know since since he's speaking mostly about his life, most of it, if not all, of the story is in flashbacks. One way that you can understand that this is flashbacks is the way you sent sentence starter. I remember. He used that sentence starter 94 times. 
like 94 times. I didn't count them all, but I used Sora. Shout out Sora. Um, like, like in the sentence in chapter 18, I remember that in the press conference, I used the word <clears throat> and I was firmly corrected. Most of Malcolm's flashbacks, sentence starters, were in chapter one. He would have sentences like this one. Back when I was growing up, the successful, the successful Lansing were such as waiters and boot blacks. And as young as I was then, I knew what I overheard that my father was saying something that made him a tough man. No, this is an autobiography. There's also some foreshadowing too. As Malcolm X, as he's thinking about his past, he's also remembering what happened after that event. Malcolm also says in chapter one, I have never known something to have happened that has caught my caught me completely off guard except once. And that was when years later ending that was when years later as an example as he's thinking about the future, not just the past. One thing that catches my attention is the way that Malcolm X is able to talk about his entire life during set of interviews. And I think the book, the book is mostly in chronological order, even though there are a few, a few plots that he takes out that he doesn't talk about. Like, for example, in the beginning of chapter two, Malcolm talks about how when they removed his mom from the hospital, it was 1965, 1963, sorry, even though the, where he was in his story, it was 1950-something, 1950, or 1950s. But most of the story is in chronological order. The thing that I understand most is that since these were a set of interviews, he was able to explain what happened before he was born, probably from his parents' stories, and explain why his family moved to his birthplace, explain what happens during his life, like, for example, how he got expelled from school and how to, and then, and then they had to move him to a new school, and what happened right before he was assassinated. My literary device was figurative language. Figurative language is the use of words in an unorthodox way from normalized English to transmit a complex message. Some literary devices are not to be taken literally. Malcolm uses a rhetorical question or a question to make a point rather than an answer on page 118. In quote, what makes the black man think of himself as only an internal United States issue is just a catchphrase, two words, civil rights. How is the black man going to get civil rights before first he wins his human rights? This is a rhetorical question as Malcolm is trying to bring the point across that black citizens don't have their civil rights until they get their human rights. Malcolm uses imagery in page 198. The text states, the black American today shows us the perfect parasite image. The black tick under the delusion that he is progressing because he rides on the udder of the fat three-stomached cow. That is white America. This is imagery because Malcolm X uses the example of a tick, the black citizens, riding a cow's udder, white America. X uses a metaphor on page 106, in quote, the white man is the devil. This is a metaphor because the white man is being compared to the devil without using like or as. On page 266, the author Alex Haley uses a simile that symbolizes Malcolm X's assassination. In quote, the commotion back there diverted me just for an instant. Then I turned back to look at Malcolm X, just in time to see at least three men in the front row stand and take aim and start firing simultaneously. 
It looked like a firing squad. This is a simile as it compares Malcolm's assassins to an execution firing squad. Thank you, Noah, for that. Now, let's let's wrap it up. What was your favorite part of the book, Noah? My favorite part of the book was probably chapters 6 through 13, because it showed how much religion can have a change on people. Like, for example, in those chapters, Malcolm X became a railroad worker and got himself caught up in the hustling business. And in an attempt to rob a house, him and his gang were caught and he was put in prison. During his life in prison, um, his brother, who was very religious, Philbert, was able to convert his family and Malcolm himself to Islam. And through the guidance of Islam, Malcolm X was able to bring his ideologies to many people across America to raise awareness of the injustice and prejudiceness of America in the 60s and early years before. Ron, what was your favorite? Uh, my favorite part of the book was probably maybe the middle of the book or like the first half. Uh, mostly because I just, it was like looking at him growing up, but like kind of just like not being them, just like kind of looking at their perspective. And it was, it's very interesting, especially if we compare it to nowadays compared to back then. Uh, it's very, very different and very unjust. See, here's my favorite part of the story. My favorite part of the story isn't really a specific chapter. And it's not really a specific, a specific, <laughs> a specific part. My favorite part of the chapter is, I mean, the book, is the the progress that we've made from, you see, chapter one, him talking about the cake, the very first page, not like the not like not like the prelogue or whatever it's called, the first chapter, first page of the book, talking about the KKK at his house, right. In today's world, that's that's that that that's scary. That's shocking. That's that's everything. But to see the progress that we've made from that point, from I think I don't know the exact year that he was born, but seeing the progress from that point to now today, that like we're all equal and all that stuff, it 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 really like it really warms the heart a bit. Also seeing that like how Malcolm. He 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 persevered through all the stuff that he had to go through. Like for example, get, being arrested, right? And even after he was shot and killed, we're still learning about him today. That's what I really enjoy much about the book. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We want to thank everyone for listening, and we hope you have a good rest of your week, rest of your year, rest of your life. Thank you, and goodbye.